Are they going to have a long-ass drought again like they did then? They should. After this show and the black-eyed is of the league, they absolutely should. Toronto should not have a great... After this, Toronto should not have a great cup anytime. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, John John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Curra. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit? Or Brandon Banks. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza is better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to episode 57 of the 2 and CFL podcast with John Fraser and Travis Curra. Fraser, do you know what's making me sad today? What's making you sad today, Travis? How do you be sad? It's a, we're doing the podcast. It's a Wednesday all as well. You're really angry about stuff. I'm, as always, angry. But what could possibly be making you more upset? It's the fact that people in this world live without poutine. What? Like, like Canadian people? <laughs> No, people, Daniel Cormier, UFC fighter, champion, is in Toronto promoting uh, the big event uh, this week. And yeah, somebody, UFC 200 whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in an interview, they told him, they described to him what poutine is. Because oh. he, he has never had it before. And he's like, cheese and gravy and fries? Are you kidding me? That sounds amazing. But the fact that people in this world, on this continent, live without that gravy goodness <laughs> makes me sad. Well, and the thing is, too, you'd think that, like, like poutine sounds more like an American food. Seriously, I mean, you Agreed. have, like, like cheese and, and, and gravy and, well, down there they're Freedom Fries, but it just sounds like <laughs> super American. It doesn't sound like something that, that, like, I'm glad that here in Canada we have it because there's nothing quite like your first bite of, of poutine when you're a small child or a grown man or drunk off your ass one night after a good night at the pub. <laughs> There's nothing quite like that first bite, but it's 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 a memorable experience for all. Okay, so I learned something on getting waxed with Brazilian Thai a few weeks ago. What's that? After Thanksgiving, he told us he's never had gravy before. Do you know what that means? He's never had poutine before? Yes. Can he still be on this podcast? I don't know. Okay, well let's 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 call him up and um let's call him up and see what's going on. See, we need to call him out on this. This is a crisis. Hey, it's Kyle. I'm either away from the phone or tied up doing something else. So I'll leave a message and get back to you as soon as I can. Voicemail? Wait, 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 wait. He, like, does this mean he's finally not on the podcast? The, oh, he was just waxing you last week for not being committed. Well, look at how the tables have turned. First off, Tyrell, I guess it's my <laughs> turn to handle getting waxed. So I'm going to wax you. You know why I'm going to wax you? Because you can't pick up your phone right now. And you quitter! You you are a quitter, and you've never tried poutine. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with you? We need a Vince McMahon. You're fired! Uh, but we can't really fire him. We don't pay him. But either way, Ty, here's the biggest reason we're calling, not only on top of the podcast. We also wanted to let you know that we've been nominated for a CFL Twitter Award once again this year. The category is quite large, though. This year, we've been nominated for favorite podcast whose host doesn't defend a pedophile that's been convicted in a public forum. Am I supposed to laugh? It's a very, very large category. But, hey, we've been nominated for that. (laughs) 
So I just wanted to spread the news, you know, because believe it or not, there are some podcasts out there whose hosts defend pedophiles in a public forum. We're going to get disqualified. Ah, we're the reigning champs. We hold the belt till somebody takes it from us. Anyways, Tyrell, <laughs> go try a poutine. You suck. You're not committed. I'm kidding. I still love you. You're probably waxing. Your- <laughs> I don't love you. I will talk to you next week, Tyrell. Bye, Brazilian tie. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast. You know, on Monday night, Kenny Stafford, Deron Carter get released by the Montreal Alouettes. Crazy news, and I'm thinking, great. There's our bomb of the week brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. Yeah? Drinkbomb.com. Follow them on Twitter. Get all that goodness into you so you have amazing energy. Canadian homegrown company. And then Tuesday night, all hell breaks loose on social media. There was a report saying that expect the Argos to announce price cuts for the Grey Cup as soon as Wednesday morning. Yeah. Confirmed not long after that that, yes, price cuts will be happening, and they did happen. Well, the funniest thing is, I think had the CFL or the Toronto Argonauts or whoever the hell is in charge of this absolute gong show of a Grey Cup, if they would have listened to people when those ticket prices first came out, there was people I know, I, I, I know we were very vocal about the ticket prices, the Eskimo Empire, our friends at the BC Lions Den, all extremely vocal going, hey, listen, these are way too high. You can't make this the Super Bowl. It's not the Super Bowl. You want this to be a part of Canadiana, and yet you're pricing Canadian fans out of it. And now they have just opened up Pandora's box. This is a brutal, embarrassing situation for the league and the organizing committee. I mean, realistically, now you're in a spot that – And we're starting to see some reports start to come out. It's sounding like that they're, at least to some previous ticket buyers, are giving them some discounts and incentives, letting them move seats if they've already paid. But still, you're in a spot where your hardcore, your diehard CFL fans went out and bought tickets to the Grey Cup game. And they said, you know what, whatever it is, whatever it costs, it's the Grey Cup game. And now you completely job those people over. And it doesn't sound like, like I said, it doesn't sound like everybody's getting retribution. It doesn't sound like there's clear, you know, compensation be given for everybody. It's kind of sporadic here and there. And it's just, it's an embarrassment to, like, who the hell thought you could screw up a Grey Cup party? There's so many layers to this that I'm just upset or disappointed. I'm sad about what has happened this week and and there's so many layers to that there's people coming out that's what you get for having a, the league's championship game outside in Toronto in November oh my you, and sh- yeah, you should have had just... it in that dumbass piece of uh, concrete cave of Rogers Center no no, they left and, that. And, and it has terrible sight lines. I've been there for a game. It was I paid a lot of money to go to the 2007 Grey Cup there. And of all the buildings I've ever watched football in, I mean, starting right at the junior football level all the way up to the pros, that's a lot of stadiums I've been around, and that one was by far the worst. You're right. It absolutely is a bucket of <laughs> kind of building. And the fact is that that they were playing there, like what, like Toronto November is so much more pleasant than 
Winnipeg in November. Guess what just sold out? You've been to a sold-out Grey Cup. We've both been to a sold-out Grey Cup in Regina. How cool? The Edmonton Grey Cup in 2010, 50,000 strong, and it was minus 12 or whatever. Well, and Calgary is the exact same thing. And yet the funny thing is, and I get it, BC is a dome stadium, but, you know, one could argue that outside of Toronto, the CFL is the most irrelevant in BC, which is a story for another day. But they still managed to put on a great Grey Cup, and they still managed to get the fans there because guess what? The tickets were priced right. The venues were priced right. Everything was priced right. And it's just – it's been – like you said, it's – there's so many layers to this. And, like, I don't even know if I'm angry anymore. I think I'm just, like, disappointed because – That's what know, I am because they shouldn't even have gotten this Grey Cup. No, I, no. How, they, how Ottawa hasn't had a Grey Cup – since they come back to the league, is ridiculous. How I don't Hamilton, get how Ottawa and Hamilton have to prove themselves that they have steady ownership and steady uh, uh, fan base that are going to go support their team at the stadium every week, and Toronto well, gets handed this on a silver platter. I don't get I don't, it. And, and, that's, and, and maybe they did it to try to revitalize it, because let's face it, the largest black mark on the league continues to be Toronto. When you have respected CFL commentators who know the league as well as a guy like Rod Peterson does, and he's starting to suggest that, you know, maybe it's time to pull the plug, and I don't think he's wrong. I I think if there is a building in Halifax ready to go, I think it's just time to cut the cord and, and yank, because whatever they're doing, and I get it, like, Either either Bell needs to commit to spending significant amounts of money, no matter what, over the next four or five years to try to get this fixed. But every problem that we thought was going to be fixed with Argos games, it seems like there was an excuse for every single game. Oh, this one's scheduled during you know during the CNE, and well, this one's up against a hip concert, and this one's up against a Raptors game, and this one's up against a. Yeah, it's going to go up against stuff. You are the busiest sports market in all of Canada, and yet. It's, it just it just seems to continue to be a black mark, and I I really hope that they can get it figured out. And and I thought this Grey Cup, I was a, in favor of this. You know, I was a little my eyebrow was raised that they got it before you know the oh so deserving fans and ownership in Hamilton and, and, and Ottawa, and yet it just it it boggles my mind that that it's been such an unmitigated disaster. What was supposed to be a great story has been a complete and utter failure, and I just don't know. Like, you know who I feel the worst for? You know who I absolutely feel the worst for right now is those people that went out and bought tickets and aren't getting compensated. Well, And then some of those people make me mad, too, because how many of them call out, hey, we're real fans, we're loyal fans, because we bought tickets at full price, and those who didn't, they're lesser of a fan. They they don't deserve uh, to save money well, and uh, they, come well, to this Travis, great that's cup. that's just because CFL fans will bitch about anything. Like, I just, there's so much to this, and we know David Braley's getting a cut of this great cup because it was negotiated into when he bought the Argos and propped them up. It's like... The the CFL is propping up the Argos as much as the NHL is propping up the Coyotes. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. And I get that they have to prop it up to some degree, only because I think I think Braley did such a terrible job, you know, in the later years of his ownership of the Argonauts that they just need something to you know they need something to get this fixed. And if the league has to help them out for two to three years, then that's just gonna be 
you know, just going to be part of it. But well, I believe the I believe in the Argos. I don't want them to go away. And if they can start averaging, I don't. I'm not even going to say thirty thousand a game, but because I, I don't think it holds thirty thousand, but twenty two uh, a game. But how, how hard is that to ask when? They're putting garbage on the field too. They, well, and the fun, but the funny thing is, is Montreal's putting garbage on the field, and they're still doing okay. I mean, it's not terrible, it's not great, but I mean, you saw after they hired Chapdelaine, you know, attendance saw a spike, and I mean, it, there has been no bigger dumpster fire from strictly an on-field perspective than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders over the past two years, three years even. Yeah, and yet they're still amongst the league leaders in attendance. I mean, it's a beautiful building. The pr- the problem is too, and I mean, I agreed uh, wholeheartedly with some of what Arash Madani was saying today. And I know everybody's going to go, "Well, Arash works for Sportsnet, so you know he just has to." Sportsnet doesn't hate the league. Sportsnet is just not co- sugarcoating these things. I mean, that's part of that's part of what being a broadcast partner is about. Is sometimes you don't want to you know report on all the doom and gloom of one of your biggest revenue generators. I mean. <laughs> Part of the problem is, too, is, is is one, the Argo CEO told Kirk Penton that we feel genuinely that there's a lot of interest in the Grey Cup game. There obviously isn't. Otherwise, this ticket reduction would never happen. If you're willing to put up with essentially as a customer service nightmare, it's just, it's it's bad. And uh, Amidani also had another quote from a former Argos exec that said, we never had issues with the Grey Cup. This is a new low. I went in 07. It sold out. It was awesome. 2012 sold out, and but you look at the pre-promotion those years. You remember when I first got myself a Grey Cup ticket for that 2012 ticket? You were with yep. me in Vancouver. Yep. I was drunk as hell and put down a deposit <laughs> for tickets that. to the 100th Grey Cup, and these didn't go on sale until August. I remember that, and I remember that, and it was at a little kiosk, wasn't it? Yes. And Where the Molson Canadian House or whatever it was. Yes. The 100th Grey Cup was a big deal in Toronto, and they pulled it off beautifully. And I put down money for that a year in advance. Tickets for this didn't go on sale until August. Winnipeg last year, they, I got mine in May. Yeah. My, my seats didn't exist uh, in the end, <laughs> but I got them in May, and they got me in the gate. And, and, and you know what? I'm just going to say it one more time. And I agree once again with Rash Madani. You're in a point now that you have essentially, you've devalued your own product, your premier now, product. I saw him say that. What other option was there, though? But there wasn't another option, and that's the problem from the get-go, right? You know, right. they overplayed their hand. They thought they could, you know, get what they were asking for it without, you know, using logic and thinking, you know, and it turned out that wasn't the case. But now... You know, how can how can any marketer or the CFL or an organizing committee possibly justify raising Grey Cup prices from what they're at? Because now you can just, you know, now you're in a situation where fans think that they're too much. They're just going to not buy them because they know this could potentially happen again. Some of the prices are so weird, too. I can buy a ticket on the 35-yard line in the upper deck for $149 in row 30, the upper deck. Row 29 that one costs uh, $210. So, okay, I'll save 60 bucks and sit a row higher. <laughs> oh, that's and again, that's just that's part of it's almost like it's almost like the people that are running this have never run a Grey Cup before and have never been to a Grey Cup before and have never asked anybody else about being at a Grey Cup before. 
That makes sense to me. Uh, there's still the lower bowl tickets for $700. What are they going to do with those? Those aren't going to sell. No, those will n- those but the problem is is those are the ones that if you drop, then you're in a world of hurt. It's one thing to drop an upper bowl price ticket by 50 bucks, right? If you start drawing those, dropping those lower bowls by 2 or 300, now you're looking at a ton of pain. You're looking at corporate customers that are probably some of those tickets are probably part of ad buys and it could be a, it, the nightmare could get even bigger. And Madani made the point, and I hate hammering on him, but I'm going to do it again. Have you heard from Orridge on this one bit? And I saw that tweet, and that's another thing for me too. I I want to know what's coming out of this. I want to give Orridge the benefit of the doubt because this is the craziest CFL season I have ever seen. There, but but how can you give him the benefit of the doubt here, Travis? But how? But what's he going to do? Like, he, does he put he, out he a token to tweet? Home, he, he, does he put no, out a tweet and everybody's like, oh, look, there's the commissioner. He did something. I, no, what's he going to do? He needs to come out and say, he needs to come out and say something. He just needs to be the, he needs to be the one that's getting in front of this and saying, hey, we overestimated the demand in the Toronto market. We are adjusting, we are adjusting our ticket prices to make it more accessible for fans across Canada. As well, we're going to be reaching out in the coming weeks to fans who have already purchased their tickets to find a solution as your ticket if your ticket price has been reduced. We hope everybody can come to Toronto, have a great time, and enjoy the first Grey Cup at BMO Field. It's going to be a special night. There's your statement! Well, right and, there! And Write here's, that word for word! And I guess this is the way I understand how Grey Cups operate. Basically, everything is up to the host team. Yes, yeah, pretty yeah, yeah, much but, everything. But it, so they pay the league. They, uh, you know, they put their bid in to host the Grey Cup. Uh, who knows what happened with this one? If they were just paid to host it or not, but they take care of ticket sales. My question is this: Should the league take care of ticket sales every single year for the Grey Cup? Well, I mean, if I, I don't think I think this is a one-off. I think you're r- rolling with an organizing committee that just was ab- so absolutely stunned. That they had no idea because you could have a great cup. Like I said, you could have a great cup in BC. And now I know there were some ticket concerns in Winnipeg as well. But I mean, that Winnipeg Grey Cup still sold out. But I mean, you could almost, I mean, the, the Argonauts are almost in the same situation the Bombers have been in. What was the, until this year, when was the last time there was truly a good Argos team? Well, and and that's one or what my point was. I mean, they put in a couple 11 and 7s and. 10 and 8 seasons in there, but mostly it's 8 and 10, you know, 9 and 9. They're always putting mediocre football on the field. And up to this year, I thought it was because they never really had a home. They had nowhere to go, no respect. And that's what what we all thought. But, I mean, a big part of that, you know, at at some point, though, Travis, this is this organizing committee or not, this is the CFL's premier event. It is. And the CFL's got to get in front of it. That's why if Orange would have come out and said exactly what I just said to you, we're not having this conversation. I mean, if he come, if he got out in front of it, Jeffrey Orange said exactly what I just said, or something like that, that we realize we made a mistake, we're doing what's right to fix it, and fans that have already bought tickets will be in touch. You and I and said this is a footnote. We go, hey, look, they dropped ticket prices. Maybe now we can actually afford it if somebody buys a sponsorship on our podcast. Right? Yeah, I... I, I mean, <sighs> but he's got to be the guy. Like, Michael Copeland can't be the guy getting out in front of this. He's got to be the guy. It is your league. It is your championship game. 
And my, my last question is, what does this do for next year? Like, I know that the, the support for the Red Blacks in Ottawa is incredible. Can they get away with having lower bowl tickets for $700 Not next year? Not a chance. Year? This is proven that you can't do it. The Grey Cup has never been the Super Bowl, nor will it ever be the Super Bowl. Well, and here's what the Super Bowl is. There's like 2% of tickets available to the public. Grey Cup, it's 100% of tickets available to the public. That's- well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say 100%. I mean, you still have a lot of sponsors and stuff. I mean, come on. You and I went to the 2011 Grey Cup in Vancouver because of the co-op. But pretty m- Every single fan that wants to go to the Grey Cup has an opportunity to go to the Grey Cup. If you want to go to the Super Bowl, you have to either get lucky by winning a contest. You have to actually enter a lottery by sending a a letter to the National Football League to hopefully have a shot at buying tickets. It's not... It's not like they just put them on, hey, here's a pre-sale password, go online and get them. That's what the Grey Cup is. Well, in the Grey Cup, I mean... And you're right. You have ample opportunities. I mean, you look at the Grey Cup club that 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 you went in that that fifty dollars or whatever it was to to get exclusive pre-sales. And again, that's a small price to pay if you really want to be there. But it's it's almost like whoever was in charge of this thought they could make it the Super Bowl and thought they could change what it is at its core, and it's backfiring spectacularly. And I just I think the silence from the league proves once again that there's just. And I hate to say it, I'm going to flat out say it. Mark Cohan would have been in front of this with his smile and probably a nice twill blazer. I mean, <laughs> Cohan, well, Cohan would have been in front of this months ago. The Grey Cup was at an all-time high, I think, between 2009 and 2013. I would argue starting in 2007 because I was there. Okay. I would well, argue 2007, well, you know, all the... It, I mean, Toronto was essentially invaded by Ryder fans, but I mean, I remember being going around the the Metro Toronto Convention Center, and every party was jammed, and there was music, there was food, and this was back in the day before you could buy a party pass. So, I mean, you were spending twenty bucks at each door to get in and have a great time. And I remember, well, going and it to blew tie- up. It blew up. The Alberta venues couldn't handle it. Ryderville in Calgary, the line's, you know, nine hours long. Same with Edmonton. You you couldn't get in. Same with Regina. And you thought that the big cities, Vancouver and Toronto, would be able to handle it and almost, you know, uh, provide a great venue for all the fans coming across the country. But you priced them out. And and that's exactly what you did. But but again, we, we you mentioned Vancouver, but I remember when you and I went to Vancouver, we went we went to Ryderville. Of course we went to Ryderville. Ryderville was a great time and we were there and it was in a building so large. Yeah, that, it was. Oh, man, they did that well. And even when I went to Toronto in two thousand seven, Ryderville was extremely popular, like it always is. But I remember, you know, there was a small lineup to get into Tigertown, and Tigertown was great. I ran into Jesse Lumston, Danny McManus, and that's really what took my passion for the game to another level. Yeah. And it's just it's a shame that that whether it's the league, whether it's the local organizing committee, it's it's whomever is doing this is just screwing it up. And I have no shameful. doubt that the party and, and, will be awesome. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I think I think the league needs to reconsider this plan of having X gray cups in Toronto over the next couple of years. I get it. That's another way that they're trying to fix the Toronto situation. But to me. You know what? To me, you got to get to go to Ottawa, go to Hamilton, 
go back out west, go to Edmonton or Calgary, go to Winnipeg again, go to Vancouver again, go to Montreal if they're allowed to play in the building, and 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 then <laughs> and then go to Toronto. Well, and Toronto they didn't host any Grey Cups. Was it between ninety two and oh seven? Yeah, and then next thing you know, they it, it became a regular success. It, it, are they going to have a long ass drought again like they did then? They should. After this show and the black eye it is of the league, they absolutely should. Toronto should not have a great. After this, Toronto should not have a great cup anytime soon. Yeah, I, this is I, proof of it. I would not have an issue with it not being there for another decade and there's, a half. There should be one in Las Vegas or Arizona before there's another one in Toronto. A Vegas Grey Cup would be awesome. They got a new stadium coming. <laughs> hey, it'd be cheaper to go to Vegas than uh, Toronto. Yeah, I know. The flights from Saskatoon to Vegas are a hell of a lot cheaper than they are from Toronto. So What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, baby. And there was actually there was a con- contingent of fans that couldn't get hotels to the 2013 Cup. So they went to Vegas and had a great cup party there. I, I remember that. I remember hearing about that while we were in Regina. And you know what? Hey, Curling Canada... Or I should say the World Curling Federation has held their Continental Cup in Vegas two years running, and I don't see it leaving anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> okay, we've talked a lot about the Grey Cup. Quick news items. Yes, Deron Carter and Kenny Stafford uh, got released. Which uh, they, they Deron Carter's going to find work someplace, but I think Kirk Penton, again, to cite, to cite some of what he was saying on Twitter today, he's going to need to come into a place with a strong coach, a strong veteran core and not be able to kind of go out and do his thing. And you know what? One team, I'm there's I look at the riders. Yeah, I, so do I, I look at the riders, but if not the riders, if they're happy with, with Roosevelt and Ricky Collins and some of the other pieces they have there, would you ever think of the Edmonton Eskimos? Well, I, I I can almost Walker. Darrell Walker is almost certainly gone to the NFL next year. I'm I, I would bet my house on Darrell Walker trying out the National Football League next year. And he'll probably, and he has a chance to stick. So, I mean, you look at Edmonton right now. Jason Moss, although young head coach, has been around the league for a while. Mike Riley's a veteran quarterback that's a veteran offensive line. You know, Adarius Bowman's a veteran receiver. John White's a veteran running back. And I just think if they're going to take a guy that's maybe a bit of it, Chris Getzlaff is another veteran. you got lots of guys there on that team that, you know, that are good veteran personalities with a good top-down organization and another one that comes to mind speaking of top-down is either calgary or vancouver i think deron carter's coming out west i think he's coming to one of i think he's either going to be end up with the godfather or with edmonton or, or calgary i think i don't know if he can end up in winnipeg i think winnipeg you know or or saskatchewan in terms of next year right i just I think both are good fits, but I don't know if, if he can end up there. Bo Levi and Deron Carter is a scary thought. How about Markway McDaniel, J- Jordan? Um, like just Daniels. Just add Carter, yeah, add Carter to that receiving core in Calgary, and good luck, CFL. <laughs> That's a scary thought. Uh, a suspension handed out uh, Wednesday as well. Brandon Banks suspended two games for uh, MDA use. I guess it was the same uh, substance that uh, Bruce Johnson was suspended for testing positive for as well. Wrong time, bad time for Brandon Banks to get in a little bit of hot water here. Mm, drugs are bad, okay? 
<laughs> kids, don't do drugs, okay? Um, yeah. I, the funniest thing is, is Banks was saying, um, somebody needs to explain the CFL drug policy to me a little bit better. Um, it's pretty simple. Don't do drugs. Hit the cup when you pee. Well, that's the thing Not here. Not that hard. An, an illegal drug? It, yeah. I wonder if that's on the policy. I, and it has to be. And, I mean, it is pretty cut and dry. <laughs> Don't do drugs and make sure you hit the cup. I mean, it's it's pretty simple stuff here, Brandon Banks. You got caught up, you know, in a moment at a party. You made a regrettable decision. And now your team is going to hurt for it at the most crucial time of the year. That being said, as much as I rip on the CFL and specifically Orridge on this podcast, I will give Orridge a big thumbs up here. He got out in front of the fact that they didn't have a good drug policy and he went out and fixed it. I know through hearing through circles, he was a massive spearhead of that. So Jeffrey Orridge, well done. This is proving the system is working right now. Let's go through the games from last week. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. It was an awesome doubleheader on a Friday night. It starts with Ottawa versus Hamilton, 30-29, to the final score there. Uh, I mean, people talk about the officiating blunders uh, all they want, but uh, there's been a lot of good football this year. There's been a lot of negative stuff off the field, and it's, it's sad. It's overshadowing the games that are going on, but this now, is just... Now, now, is a lot of that just because guys like us seem to harp on the negative? Well, I'm a pretty positive guy. You are. You are an extremely positive person. I know me. I'm the one that always <laughs> wants to, you know... I see an 80-mile-an-hour hanging change-up high in the zone, and I just want to crush it out of the park. Well, the first 20 minutes of the podcast were probably the angriest I've ever been on this show. Well, when you were texting me before the show, when we were discussing this, and you said... Are you ranting this week? And I said, well, kind of like I'm a little I'm a little fired up about this. You're like and you told me I'm angry. I'm like, I'm, I'm oh. just sad. I'm oh. <laughs> like I said, I'm just sad. Yeah. yeah. And no, I am, too. It's going to get fixed, Travis. Don't worry here. Bring it in. Bring it in. Mike hug. Mike hug. Mike hug. All right, buddy. There you go, man. I, I actually hug the mic this time. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So you haven't been hugging the mic during all the other mic hugs? No, I just kind of sat back and laughed, but I really needed that, buddy. Uh, all right, put it this way. Put it this way. <laughs> I think as penance, you now have to break down the thrilling. And, and, and as you said, the football this year has been unbelievable on the field. I think you have to break down this game while hugging the mic. <laughs> to make up for lying to me the rest of the year. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> bring it in. Bring it in. Hug the mic. Hug the mic and right, tell I'm me about it. the tie Cats and the Red Blacks. <laughs> uh, Red Blacks win 30-29. to 29. They steal one here. Uh, we'll see if they can steal uh, another one without Brandon Banks back there uh, for Hamilton. But they, they now have Kendall Lawrence, so we'll see if he gets on the roster uh, this week. Henry Burris throws for 393 yards, gets a touchdown, but he gets two on the ground as well. So that's a nice fantasy day. And then the yards, they ended up getting split up. I mean, Ernest Jackson does his thing uh, without Chris Williams there, but the, the ball still spread around in that Ottawa offense. There you go. That was that was that was good. That was okay. good. As for Hamilton, I mean, uh, Terrence Tolliver is back doing his thing. Six catches, ninety-six yards, and a touchdown. And uh, C.J. Gable got a touchdown 
here as well. You notice that the Ticats are starting to run the ball a little bit more here and there. This week's game, there's supposed to be a ton of rain. Now is when the ugly weather games happen in the CFL. Yes. The running game is more important than ever. Moses Madu is getting double-digit carries every week for Ottawa. They really like him there, and he's cheap. 5K on DraftKings. I'm rolling with him this week. Yeah, absolutely I would be. As you said, we start getting a sloppy weather. And, and, and the thing is, too, with, without Zach Caleros and without Brandon Banks, you're taking away that great return game, and you're also taking away the great passing game. So basically, I mean, you're in a spot where if you're Hamilton, you're going to have to run the ball. It's going to be the only way to score points. So I'd even look at C.J. Gable as a good as a good value add. And if you happen to be in your league championship and you have C.J. Gable, you might want to start him. Winnipeg. Myself advice to myself. <laughs> we'll talk about that soon. Winnipeg and BC. The Bombers win again, 35-32. I did not think the Bombers would sweep the Lions here, especially with uh, this game happening uh, in uh, BC at BC Place. But the Bombers created turnovers. Six, six turnovers. And they and they did that and they did that to Jonathan Jennings twice. Like it was just they made him look human. Kind of like I said they would. I knew that Bomber defense going up against a rookie quarterback was going to force mistakes and got back to playing Bomber football. Now, I was freezing my rear end off in 50 to 60 kilometer an hour winds as the U of S Huskies <laughs> laid a beat down on the UBC Thunderbirds. I was working the sidelines, so I didn't actually get to watch this one. But needless to say, once my hands had defrosted and I was having a post-game um, um, Coca-Cola. <laughs> Bomb energy drink. Yeah, I was having a post-game bomb. No, I had—I actually did. I had a bomb energy drink right before, and that was probably <laughs> the best I had felt doing a game. It was awesome. It's great, great stuff. Post-game, having a beer or two, uh, saw the score. Pretty excited. And, it, again, it looks like that Winnipeg defense continues to do what they do. Uh, the only team that's really been able to kind of keep kind of keep the ball under control has been the Edmonton Eskimos against Winnipeg. Now, how important has the Justin Medlock signing turned out to be in Winnipeg. Well, especially when he's just as, you know, paid the same as Shamad Chambers in, in Saskatchewan. <laughs> again, he just, wow. he just, he's just, he's automatic. Seven for seven again? Like, are you kidding me? The like, Bombers just, didn't, they didn't make it to the red zone until late in the second half. But and, and, he kicked seven field goals. That's three touchdowns. Well, the thing is, too, is like the Bomber offense, although, although good, is in a spot where. There's going to be times in the red zone that they're just not not putting up points, and that's usually a recipe for disaster. But the defense is so good that they can get away with, you know, Medlock putting up three here and three there and three over there again and then putting up another three points once again. You know, it, they can get away with it because their defense is so good. I mean, I'd like to see them score a couple more touchdowns before I really would think they're Grey Cup contenders. But, I mean, that's, that's the way that their team is built, and you're right. Medlock's been – you could almost argue Medlock's been that team's MVP. <laughs> what blows my mind here, Clarence Denmark, five games in a row with a touchdown. Uh, Winnipeg's on bye this week, but I have him on my uh, personal fantasy team, so I'll be starting him next week. And my DraftKings last week was a mess. Uh, Manny Arsenault, two catches for 16 yards. Um, the highest scoring players that I picked were uh, the rider defense against Toronto. Oh, that's not... That's why my bank account is empty on DraftKings right now. <laughs> I had a rough I do, week. I do things like that. Now, that one, that one hurts. I don't know if I've ever been that spectacularly bad, but, man, that is just... 
that's an off night, especially when we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to DraftKings. Well, how do you pr- how do you predict Manny Arsenal gets two targets? Never mind two catches. No, two that's, targets. That's that's fair. At least he caught both his targets. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. He's got that's that going for him, which is nice. <laughs> we move to uh, Saturday, where the Riders get another win. They walked all over Toronto. It was twenty nothing at halftime, and uh, the game was over. The, Durant goes fifteen of twenty two for one hundred and sixty four yards, two touchdowns. You look at that, and you're like, "What?" But they rushed for over 200 as well. Joe McKnight started the season as a kick returner in Edmonton, but he put the ball on the ground a little too much. You remember in the preseason, he had like a 75-yard touchdown against the Riders. He showed that explosiveness in this game. 17 carries, 150 yards. Wow. No, that that's that's an awesome performance. And he And you know what? Chris Jones has come out and said this week at practice that he's going to get the ball again so I if I'm you if you need a running back if you're deep in your fantasy playoffs or if you're looking at a guy on DraftKings I would be going back to Joe McKnight I think he's he's low risk probably high reward for you because I think the riders are also going to do good things against Montreal at Mosaic Stadium or should I say Taylor Field second last game ever at Taylor Field I'd be picking up Joe McKnight yeah uh, 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 Montreal's run defense has been bad up until last week where somehow they shut down uh, Jerome Messam and the Stampeders. But, uh, I mean... I, I, again, when you're also getting into that point where certain football teams literally have nothing to play for. And you wonder exactly how up they're getting for these games. And, you know, I think they're leaving a lot of stuff in the back of the playbook rather than busting it out trying to get wins. I mean, if you're Calgary, what what are you playing for? That's why I think that this extend They haven't played a West team since September 24th. Yeah. And they have a bye the last week of the season, bye first round of the playoffs. Winnipeg coming in there. That might not be the best matchup the Calgary Stampeders want. No, and, well, whoever, whether it's Winnipeg, Edmonton, or BC, any one of those teams could win or host currently a West final right now, or, pardon me, West semifinal. I, yeah, it's, it, it, it seems to be the same story, though, for, for Calgary over and over again. Best team in the league, best team in the regular season, almost too good for themselves. Like, like I don't know, maybe maybe Bo Levi Mitchell should have got that flu that Carey Price had just to, you know, create some adversity halfway through the year or something. <laughs> As for Toronto, Ricky Ray is going to return this week. I don't know why, honestly. Duh. Because I think he's playing for a job now. Yeah. They, they are committed to Drew Willie. The argue, at, at, well, at, as long as Barker and Milanovic are still there, which we don't know if that's going to be the case this offseason, but they've committed to Drew P. Willie, and <laughs> I, I think Ricky Ray might be coming back going, yeah, guys, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm here to audition for a job. We could actually uh, – this could happen this year where the Alouettes throw everything they have at Mark Tressman to be GM and coach, and then Jim Pop heads to Toronto. Because <laughs> that's what Toronto needs. Do you see uh, that? Does not seem that far fetched to me. No, it actually doesn't. But, but I, if I'm Toronto, I don't want Jim Pop rebuilding that team. 
No, neither do I. I don't. I don't. If I'm Montreal, I think I think if I'm Toronto, I go all in on getting Mark Tressman back despite yeah. his failures in the NFL. Well, he had a great offense in uh, Chicago when he was coaching there. Well, if you look at the numbers, and I read an interesting article. I forget where it was, but it was talking about Tressman's failures in the NFL. And it, he always had good offenses when he wasn't abandoning the run which he kind of got in the habit of doing, which, of course, the way the CFL is trending, you almost don't have to run the ball in Canada anymore. So I I think if I'm Toronto or Montreal, yeah, it is, for me, all in when it comes to trying to get Trestman. The second half of uh, the Saturday doubleheader, the Stamps beat the Owls 22-8. Rakeem Cato, 13 of 29. 124 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. I don't know if you saw the highlights for this game, but late in the, it was either the third or the fourth quarter, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, Rakeem Cato and the Owls offense has another two and out. They might be the official team of our podcast right now. That's fair. I think they're there. Yep. And he sprinted off the field. Cato ran right to the sideline and he hung out. 20 yards away from any of his teammates and just stood there on his own. It was one of the weirdest things I'd ever seen. And I don't think it's a coincidence now that Vernon Davis Jr., who really is their quarterback Adams. of the future. Oh, what, whatever. You're the Don Cherry of the CFL podcast. I, 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 I have quickly become that. But yes, <laughs> Vernon Adams Jr. as Vernon Davis. I was thinking my NFL fantasy team as I'm sitting here um, – second-guessing all my rosters and all my fantasy leagues, especially we will get to our personal league in a moment. Right after this game. <laughs> I know. But but the funny thing is this is another game I, I had to miss this weekend because I was in a situation where the Winnipeg Rifles were taken on the Saskatoon Hilltops, and I was doing play-by-play. So the Rifles, because of the outdoor NHL game this weekend, weren't allowed to play at Investors Group Field. They were starting to get the rink set up. Okay, that's all fine and good. So they're playing at their practice field with limited seating. And you know what? The Rifles organization did everything they could to find us a viable indoor location to broadcast the game from. But I got an email from Lori, the GM, and she said, hey, listen, like, you're going to be outside. Is that okay? And I said, hey, no problem. I'll bring winter gear all as well. Well, we get to the stadium, or the field, I should say, and we get to the field, and none of the phone lines are working, and the technology I need requires a phone line. So the backup plan was <laughs> I stole a headset microphone, like a earbuds with a with a mic piece from the Hilltops defensive coordinator, Jeff Yowsey. They had they, there was so there was such limited space that the team spotters were gonna be on scaffolds behind their own benches. So wow. I, through an app I set up, I was broadcasting live on this app from my phone on top of a scaffold with my color commentator Chris Hengenbraun. And two of the Hilltops, the receivers coach and the defensive backs coach, all up on this piece of scaffold. Um, and that's where we broadcasted the game from. And it was um, – <laughs> and there was 60 to 70 kilometer an hour winds. It started raining by the fourth quarter. And it was um, – it was a thing. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was unique. But needless to say, I was frozen on the bus and slept most of the way home. So I missed a lot of highlights this weekend. So I'm glad I'm glad that you were around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I, I'm glad I was around, too. So the season's going to end. Uh, Nick Lewis as the leading receiver for the Montreal Alouettes. Who would have saw that coming? Oh, nobody. 
But but you know what? You, and you know what? Nick Lewis has been nothing but a pro this entire year. They had a great feature on him during the game because every rank that he climbs, whether it's seventh in catches or sixth in yards, whatever, he donates that ball to a uh, different charity every That's time. Awesome. It's so awesome to see him doing that. And he said if he gets the number one, if he beats G-Roy, he's keeping that ball. And well, I can't I th- blame him. <laughs> I think that's I think that's fair. Although I think the CFL Hall of Fame might want it, but you're right. Yeah. I think he gets to keep it. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem uh, with uh, Nick keeping that ball. But the Owls put up a fight against uh, Calgary, especially the defense, the or the Stampeder offense just didn't look focused at all. Bo did, but the receivers had some drops. And like we said, or you said, how can they get up for a game like this? They want to be the greatest team of all time. That's about the only thing that they can look forward to until, man, mid-November. Yeah, I know you're you're absolutely right. That's about the only spot that they can really, that, that's the spot that they're in. And I don't know. I just I just don't see them. I just don't see them putting their best foot forward through the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how they react in the playoffs. So we're we're in the fantasy segment. It's you versus me in Pilsner Nation, our fantasy league, it and is. the Bombers are on bye. I know. I and Deron Carter got released. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> This was the first text I sent to you Monday morning. Are you kidding me? You Montreal, are you kidding me? See, see, because because my team. So again, we're in the final, so we can end this. And we're gonna we try not to talk about our team too much, but my team is highlighted by both the Winnipeg quarterbacks, Andrew Harris and Deron Carter, kind of the three guys that have got me through this season. And I will have none of them. We do a two-week final, so I do have chances to make it up. But even little things, like I had Ian Wilde at linebacker. I can't start him. He's on a bye week. I think the fix is in. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. The fix is in. You are the commissioner. You've rigged the league. <laughs> I don't know no, how you've rigged it. Is so in, that... The fix is in in the CFL Podcast Family Fantasy League. No, 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 no. The fix is in... The fix is in in this league because here's the deal. We've never had a two-week semifinal before. This year you decided we did, which we, we've always had a two-week final. So if right. we would have gone back with what we've done every single year, I would have had my full roster ready to go for week one of the final. Instead, well, instead you decide. The, the fix is in, Travis. Hey, I got to get that 140 bucks at the end of the, <laughs> the, end of the year, man. Gotta I'm pay, going to Grey Cup, the podcast man. bills, I guess. Uh, and I got to pay for the Grey Cup tickets, man. Uh, but the well, CFL at least, podcast... at least they're cheaper for you now. <laughs> yes, yes. The CFL Podcast Family Fantasy League is an absolute fix. We're in the middle of a two-week series with uh, the Eskimo Empire. All the Eskimos were on by last week, so we have a 45-point lead right now. But they have Bowman and uh, uh, Walker. We're in trouble. We're in trouble this week. But if you go through every roster on that team, Fantasy, the website, made a policy where you can add everyone to IR if you want to. Yep. Guys are stashing guys. And, and then they, they trash the Riders for having a pre-practice squad. But these guys are doing it in their fantasy league. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, you know what? That's just that's just that's that's poor form, guys. That's poor form. <laughs> they they say it's smart, but I say it's poor form. I you know what? And it's the same thing that we've and I mean it's up to the individual league. I know our our league we decided that we decided that we're going to call it anybody that doesn't our personal league. Yeah. So yeah. In the Lister League, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Blair. Walby Pops is in the final for the second year straight, and we made it very clear that you can't be stashing players in that league. Last week, he had to drop Darrell Walker and risk being able to pick him up this week due to bye weeks. So slow clap for Blair for following the rules, making it to the final. Back to back finals, isn't it? Who's he in the final against? Is it? Is it? Is it Banny? Yes. <laughs> how does how, how how do you guys let that happen? <laughs> well, Brazilian Thai missed the playoffs, so all is good. And and Brazilian Thai has yet to call us back, so he is um he's in trouble, I think, with us. <laughs> Let's get to the picks. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. You probably are smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters. We start uh, Friday Night Football with a double header. Hamilton and Ottawa. It is the home-and-home home rematch deciding first place in the East. Who do you got? You know what? I think with all the Brandon Banks drama, I think with an injury to Zach Caleros, I think it's got to be the Ottawa Red Blacks. I think they're the, going to be the ones who emerge from the poo-poo pile that is the East Division. What it all comes down to is that everything's got to be quite all right. Alanis Morissette from Ottawa. I'm uh, I'm going with the Red Blacks as well. So the second half of the doubleheader, uh, which is weird. I don't know if the CFL is going to change times here. No, no, but... no, because what happened was the Calgary Stampeders specifically asked to have that game time moved up an hour. They didn't want to go late as, of course, it's November and it's Calgary. So that's why this game starts while the other game will still be going on. So are they going to utilize, do you know, about the different channels on TSN? or I haven't checked the schedule, but I imagine there's there's no other option, you'd have to think. Yeah, we haven't seen this, I don't remember, ever, where games overlap. Well, here, let me, you know what, I'm on, I'm on my TV right now watching okay. my Winnipeg Jets get absolutely thumped <laughs> by the Toronto Maple Leafs of all teams. So oh let's, man! Let's. I know it's not good. It's not good. All right. Well, let's see. According to my Sastel Max guide, you can catch the entire Argos. Or pardon me. It looks like they're going to cut away from the game in the East to go to the game in the West at seven. But on TSN three, four, and five. They will stay with the Eastern game until the Western uh, until it's over. And on TSN and, and on TSN two, you can watch poker. <laughs> the East game actually means something. So, well, we, which is probably why three out of the four network yeah. showing CFL football are going that direction. 
Yeah, uh, Calgary has more points in the standings than uh, the top two teams in the East combined. Uh, <laughs> wow. Do I have to ask who you're cheering for or who you're picking? Well, even Calgary at half speed trying not to get anybody hurt, <laughs> I, I think it's a tap, and I think they're just too good. All of a sudden, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are world beaters, and they are. Oh man, uh, they keep, is it is it the Riders playing better? Or is it the East that's that bad? I think it is the Riders playing significantly better football. They've been playing good football for a while. Chris Jones now has the guys that he wants to go to war with. You look at what they have for next season moving forward. There's starting to be some really good pieces on both sides of the ball for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and you know what. Am I going to go bold and think they're going to win the Grey Cup again next year? No. That was a wrong prediction of mine, one I got spectacularly wrong. But <laughs> I, I, I will say I think I think they're going to be a much, much, much better football team next year and moving forward. And all that being said, if I had to put money on this game, I would take the Riders. However, because of our CFL Fantasy League, where you and I are in the final, I'm at a spot where I need to start the Montreal quarterbacks, and I need to start Brandon Rutley at running back. So that means let's go with the Montreal Alouettes. Guy, really, huh? You, no, no, no. You have to go with the obscure Canadian pop bands because that's what the musical pick segment has become. We started with legends like The Hip and and a great up-and-coming band like The Poor Young Things and The Arkells and Kim Mitchell, and we've devolved to Sky and Soul Decision. And you're going to hear from both on this one. I'll hey, where's fit- Snow from? Toronto? Oh, Toronto, but that means we'd have to pick the Argos. No, that's not going to happen. And no, I picked the not. Riders against Montreal. Can you really win? Then you must pick and choose. By the way, Ewan Curry, the lead singer for the Sheepdogs, is Ewan the most Saskatchewan name out there? I think so. I have an uncle named Ewan. I, I don't think you get more Sasky than that, even though he looks like a dead ringer from our for our friend Mitch Perry. <laughs> he totally does, actually. <laughs> Ewan, the most Saskatchewan uncle name out there. So I don't know if he's an uncle yet, but he, he might be right away. <laughs> I, think, I think you're born an uncle when your name is Ewan. <laughs> I totally agree with that. So uh, we wrap it up. Uh, another important game. The week is almost bookended with uh, some uh, important games that are going to decide what's going to happen in the playoffs here. BC, home to the Eskimos. Eskies coming off a bye week. They're on a roll. The Lions want to get back on a roll. Uh, we already know where you're going. Is it just because you want to hear the music? No, no, no. It's also because I'm in a spot where... We also made a wager with the with Andrew from the Eskimo Empire that Edmonton would finish 
And I said they'd be a crossover team, but I said they'd finish fourth in the West, which means right now that's where they're sitting. However, if it's a push and they finish third, we've also decided that we have to do like mildly unpleasant things because nobody likes a push. That being (laughs) said, if Edmonton wins, they're in third place, which means I have to drink lukewarm coffee or brush my teeth and then drink orange juice or whatever unpleasant things that our listeners just mildly unpleasant that our listeners can come up with (laughs) so instead i am just going to go ahead and for my own personal gain and also because i want to hear soul decision And this one was tough for me, but uh, uh, the Eskies, they now seem to have a legitimate third receiver in Brandon Zilstra. He's extremely cheap on DraftKings. Uh, the, the Lions secondary is uh, pretty, pretty shaky. Uh, they, they actually give up uh, the second most uh, passing yards in the league. Uh, Mike Riley playing his old team. I'm going to go Eskies. Core Blonde, yeah, from Edmonton. That'll be a heck of a game on a Saturday night. Screw you, Maple Leafs and Hockey Night in Canada. It's football night in my house. Yeah, mine too as well. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, that does it. Episode 57, the Two and Out CFL podcast. The playoff picture is getting clearer. The Grey Cup tickets are getting cheaper. John Fraser is getting angrier. <laughs> is this a three-game streak for you, three-week streak? Yeah, I think I got to break it next week, though. If the Saskatoon Hilltops are winning their semifinal, in which uh, I'm actually not calling this weekend because it's also my son's first birthday on Sunday. If they win the semifinal against Regina, they'll be playing the final against Calgary, and I'll be very occupied with that stuff um, for next week. So if the Hilltops win, I will not. If the Hilltops happen to lose to Regina, which I don't see happening, will... Um, then I will probably be in. All right. Happy birthday to Max. Thanks, buddy. I'll pass it along from his big hairy Uncle Trav. Have some uh, cake for me. I'm literally going to, like, like we've got a cupcake where, you know, like the kid gets through the cake smash. He gets to, go, like, yep. throw a shirt off and, like, smash his face. And cake. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing except I'm a grown-up. <laughs> I want to see pictures of this. That is awesome. Follow us on Twitter, like on Facebook, Tune Out CFL. We shall talk to you next week.